What's the point? What's the point? You ever asked that question? Of course you have. You're human. If you've gotten through life, uh, forgive my saying so, this far, without having asked that question, let me know what you've done because I don't know how to do that. What's the point? Over 20 families in Texas are asking that question this morning. I'm sure the Tiller family has asked that question before, recently. I'm sure you've asked that question at some point in your life, or if you haven't yet, you probably will. It's a question that presents itself to us in the face of tragedy and suffering in moments of helplessness or futility. And it's interesting that even Scripture gives voice to that question. It it probes the question just a little bit. For the past, I don't know, 10 days or so in evening prayer, the first lesson, the Old Testament lesson, has been from the book of Ecclesiastes. And that's, that's one of those hard ones. Let me remind you how it begins. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Interesting to see how verse 2 is translated in various translations. Meaningless. Meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. That's the NIV. Here's one more. Absolute futility, says the teacher. Absolute futility. Everything is futile. It's the Christian Standard Bible. It's fascinating that Scripture allows humans to voice this sense of hopelessness. Another fascinating feature of Ecclesiastes in particular is how it ties that question to another question. A related question, I think. Where is this all headed? What's the point of everything? Where is it all headed? So Ecclesiastes 9.1, people don't know whether to expect love or hate. Everything is ahead of them. Or chapter 10, verse 14. No one knows what will happen. Who can tell? Who can tell anyone what will happen after him? Where is this all headed? What's the point? It's a question, I think, that it's it's underlying the question that the disciples asked Jesus in Acts 1-6. Lord, at this time, is now the time that you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Is this where it's headed? Do we know where it's headed? Is this the time? And notice that Jesus doesn't rebuke their question. He doesn't say that's the wrong thing to ask. He doesn't say, don't ask that. He, he just redirects them to what's more important. He doesn't say that that question is unimportant. He just says that there's something more fundamental. There's something, a greater truth that underlies everything. And that's where you should place your focus. It seems to be, I think, a question on the minds of a lot of us nowadays. A lot of political commentators or book writers, bloggers. Where's this country going? Where's the world going? And I think there seems to be a question, or a relationship rather, between these two questions in Scripture. Since Ecclesiastes, it posits them together. It brings them both together in the same work. 
And upon reflection, I I think the connection is something a bit like this. It seems a lot easier to allow the point of everything to be mysterious as long as we're sure that everything is going in the right direction. Does that make sense? That it, it does seem intuitively that as humans, as long as we know that things are going in the right direction, the point of everything doesn't have to be so pressing. If we, can just, if we can just trust, if we can just know that where everything is going will all work out in the wash, as a previous sermon said, that, that we can live with some mystery or some questioning about what the point of it all is. Maybe it's the hope that one day we'll figure out what the point of it all was. Maybe it's just the, the knowledge that when everything works out, we won't care nearly as much as we did how things worked out. I think we can, we can have a little bit more assurance in the mystery, the tension of what's the point of everything, as long as we know that where everything is headed is all good. See, when, when we ask what's the point, we can mean point in at least two ways. We can mean point as purpose, right? What's, what's the purpose of what I'm going through? What's the purpose of these tragedies? What's the purpose of fill in the blank? Or we can mean what is the direction? Where's the point towards which everything is headed? There may be moments where we don't know the purpose of what's going on. But the ascension tells us that we know the direction of everything that's going on. The answer to the question, what's the point, and the answer to the question, where's everything going, is bound up with the answer to a third question. Where is Jesus? Where's Jesus? That's the question that underlies both of these. That's the question, if we answer it, can give us some hope in the midst of both of those other questions. Where is Jesus? If he's in a tomb somewhere in Israel, then I don't know what the point of all this is. There really is none. We should really stop coming on Wednesdays. We should really give, I mean, go to lunch, go to brunch, go to have more fun with your life. Because if Jesus is dead somewhere in a tomb, there is no real point, and I don't know where any of this is headed. The, 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 the future is so open that we just, it, it's just a complete mystery. Who knows? But if Jesus is raised from the dead, and he's on the throne at the right hand of the Father right now, then we know a few things. That above the whole world sits the king who sees Texas and those families. Above the world, seating on the throne at the right hand of the Father, is the king who sees the Tiller family. Above the world, seated on the throne at the right hand of the Father is the King who sees you and your life and your tragedies and your sufferings. And I I don't know the purpose of those events, but I know their direction. They all went to Jesus. That's the direction of everything in the world. And Jesus will know how to handle it all when it comes to him. He knows exactly what to do with every person that stands before him. And and we can trust that he'll do exactly with us what he should do because he's God and we're not. But he received all of those people in just the right way. And everything in the entire cosmos is headed toward Jesus. 
And fascinatingly, Jesus is a king who's aware and acquainted with tragedy and suffering. Not distant from it, but having rather undergone the worst of it. That the king that's seated on the throne, who sees everything, where we can ask, well, where is God? Where is Jesus? He's on the throne and by his spirit, which he promises and will give, liturgically speaking, in ten days. He is present everywhere and in his people ministering to the hurt of the world. Not only does he know tragedy and suffering from afar, as if he observes it, he knows tragedy and suffering from within because he went through it. And I don't know the purpose that God has for all the craziness that is going on in the world, a pandemic that made the world stop or a sense that World War III could break out at any moment. But I can tell you this for certain, the direction of all those events is only in one direction, and it's toward Jesus. And here's the other thing about our scriptures. Not only that, but Jesus is headed toward us. Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come again in the same way. You saw him go into heaven. That's why the resurrection and the ascension and the return are always right next to each other in the creed. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. Martin Luther King Jr. is famous for a quote, the arc of history is long, but it bends toward justice. And if you take that statement, apply it to a naturalistic way of thinking, then uh, there's no guarantee. If Jesus is dead in a tomb somewhere, the arc of history is long, and it bends whichever way people bend it. But if Jesus is raised from the dead and seated on the throne, then yes, the arc of history is long. It might take us a while to get there, but where we're all going, where this is all headed toward, is perfection. When Jesus comes back, perfect justice reigns. All tragedy, all suffering is swallowed up in glory. At the end of the day, the ascension reminds us that Jesus is on the throne. He knows the point, and he knows the direction, and we can trust him with that. I quoted Ecclesiastes 9.1 in the beginning, but I intentionally left off the first part of the verse. But all this I laid to heart, examining it all, how the righteous and the wise and their deeds, everything, is in the hand of God. Trite? It can be. But it really is the truth that gets us through. Amen.